0: You're listening to episode 191 of the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we talk about what it means to be a true grown-ass adult. Welcome to the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we explore how to use the science of psychology, Eastern spiritual practices like mindfulness and compassion, and the game-changing work of self-coaching so you can free your mind and free your life. I'm your host, Anna Verzoni. Hey, hey, Rebel Ones. Okay, I'm about to head to Vietnam. So I wanted to record a two-part series since I'm gonna have to record next week's in advance. So I thought it'd be nice if they were related. And you've likely heard me reference Bill Plotkin since his approach influences a lot of my nature-based work and the current iteration of the adventure mastermind. And in the past, I covered Aspects of Wild Mind, based on one of his books, and how our psyche can be represented by aspects of nature, like the cardinal directions, qualities of the natural world, like we have East quality aspects of our psyche, Southern aspects of our psyche. And I'm going to link to those episodes in the show notes too. But this week, I want to introduce you to his concept of the eco-soul-centric Developmental wheel and specifically how it applies to true adulthood. Okay. So he takes a different approach to the stages of human development. The book that this is based on is called Nature and the Human Soul. And It dives into the stages of life, rites of passage, and cultural transformation. And then next week, I'll dive into soul initiation and what that is and how it can fit into our modern lives. Now, I know in Buddhism, some of y'all are like, but what if there is no me and no soul and how does this all fit in? Listen, I'll also link to an episode I did on soul versus spirit in the show notes, but If I had to say it in a sentence, basically, I don't think the concept of soul as I use it is contradictory to Buddhist philosophy, concepts of emptiness and whatnot. Because it's related to our role here on this earth, just as the fox has a role and the juniper tree has a role. Anyway, I invite you to explore that later, but for now, try to release that debate for a bit. And I invite you to explore this concept of soul-centric adulthood or true adulthood. Now, we have all met that person who's older than us, who acts like a child, not just once in a while when activated, but consistently that's how they roll, right? The 80-year-old who tells racist and sexist jokes, the uncle who makes fun of you for eating salads, or in my case, the travelers at the airport who like to comment on my hippie salad as if vegetables were only for liberals. But sure, we have all had moments where we acted like children, but what I'm referring to here are those that are chronologically older but psychosocially adolescent and don't have the capacity yet to even go beyond. I did a podcast episode on emotional adulthood, and while that touches a bit on what I'm talking about here in terms of how it integrates taking radical ownership of the reality we've created for ourselves and for our reactions to situations, it's quite different too. So let's talk about soul-centric development and true adulthood on a soul level, because true adulthood isn't actually about, do you have a house with 2.5 kids and a white picket fence and a 401k? It's way more interesting, right? Traditionally, human development is often based on age. Like we have Freud's psychosexual stages of development, Eric Erickson's psychosocial developmental theory, And we have behaviorism, cognitive theories like Piaget's cognitive stages, like do you remember sensory motor, pre-operational, all of that. And all of those are very related to chronological age. And these stages are even considered as milestones to meet at certain ages. Now, the eco-soul-centric developmental wheel is a model of what the stages of human life look like when we mature and are connecting both nature, that's the eco component, and soul. Because if we're actually in our bodies and being human on this planet, we are connecting to nature, right? It also means we're in this process of becoming fully human for a lifetime. It's not like it ends at 18 or 24 years old or whatever age, but we ideally have increasing depth of development as we move through life until the end of our time in this body. So for me, this model is an essential departure from the usual egocentric stages that most folks in modern industrialized societies find themselves stuck in, and that most other developmental theories are based on too, right? And Bill sees. Egocentrism, living as if our ego is the core of our psyche and that it should or can decide what's most important in life as a disorder of sorts. So let's get a bit more clear about how true adulthood is different from that. So, in modern industrialized society in the USA, adulthood is in the context of, are you 18 or not? As if something magically happens to our capacity to care for our communities with compassion and wisdom when we turn 18. Unfortunately, more often than not, most of us are not at that place of wisdom and compassion and knowing how we belong to the greater earth community when we turn 18. Yet, we're given more power and responsibility, even the responsibility to engage in warfare. And this model is about how we can nurture ourselves and others into true adulthood and eventually true elderhood, right? So according to Bill, true adulthood is pretty rare, actually. You know, it's where we consciously embrace and embody our soul purpose. And this is the focus of the Adventure Mastermind, right? It's like I created it for that even before hearing about Bill's work, but You know, helping people get prepared for this transition and to move through it so they are ready for soul initiation and more on that later. So this isn't about the usual adult responsibilities and roles, right? This is about finding your place in the greater community of Earth. It's deep, it's meaningful, and it's also about knowing and being your authentic self beyond how we're trained to be, to conform to society, to fit in and not rock the boat, or at least not rock it too much, right? Plotkin says adolescence is about societal roles and external influences, okay? So it's about, you know, what other people think, how we fit in, all of that, while adulthood is about discovering your soul-rooted Roles. It's about being true to yourself and giving back to the world in your unique way. And because of this, Bill's estimate, after working with thousands of people since the 80s, is that at least 80% of modern industrialized society's people don't make it past the stage of psychosocial early adolescence or stage three. Now, again, this isn't an age thing, this is psychosocial development. So, yeah, like. don't make it past stage three. And some guys I've spoken to would say it's more like 90%. So only 10 to 20% of people even make it past stage three, let alone beyond that. And there's eight stages in this model. Now, again, that's in modern industrialized societies. Of course, this number would likely be very different for land-based, healthier cultures, of which most would agree modern industrialized societies not, And by adolescence, again, I mean a psychosocial stage, not a chronological age that coincides with like, the teenagers, right? The majority of Westerners past puberty, or not even just Westerners, but those of us that are strongly influenced by modern industrialized society, most walk in a kind of daze through the rest of our lives, not even in a healthy early adolescence. You know, and Bill calls it a patho-adolescence. You know, it's an egocentric way of being. And there's more focus on looking good to others, fitting in well, even fitting in with other rebels, y'all, conforming or rebelling against the mainstream to conform and or rebel against the ordinary to get ahead, you know, in this competitive materialistic world for financial wealth, social status and to minimize the experience of the difficult aspects of reality by buffering, like addictions, whether it is substances like over-drinking, over-eating, or compulsive behaviors like sex addiction, online shopping, gambling, adrenaline activities. Now, why would rebelling Be patho-adolescent isn't the name of this podcast, Rebel Buddhist, but the use of the term rebel here isn't the same as the title of this podcast where I'm talking about intentionally going against the status quo from a place of wisdom and compassion and seeing with wisdom and an open heart the true way to help ourselves and others to decrease suffering. Rather, the rebel and the patho-adolescent viewpoint is rebelling out of Disgust or hatred or needing to feel different from everyone else to help establish their identity as a rebel versus a, it being a natural result of questioning unhealthy ways of being and still wanting to be of service to your people. And I have personally been in that myself, that, you know, patho adolescent rebelliousness, you know, this rebel is a form of ego identity versus eco and soul centric identity. Okay, so healthy adolescence has become relatively rare. You know, we aren't cultivating personal authenticity that grows hand in hand with social belonging, cooperation, seeing our place in the greater earth community, right? So like a patho-adolescent rebel isn't into social belonging to the community at large, and often for good reasons right now, right? So Bill says this about the ways we are challenged by a lack of support for this healthy development. We often don't see or support the discovery of the joys and responsibilities of healthy sexual identity and of erotic embodiment in intimate relationships or the desire and capacity to contribute and help create a healthy, just, sustainable imaginative and life-enhancing human community, we rarely see an ever-developing reverence and gratitude for the web of life with all its creatures and habitats and a desire and capacity to protect and enhance the earth community. So true, right? Now, in a healthy, mature culture, these characteristics are defining qualities of not just a true grown-ass adult, but of early adolescence, right? Development of these qualities isn't just put off until adulthood. These days, people might say when a teenager is acting out, bullying or being immature, like, oh, they're just being teenagers. Really? You know, when I worked for Outward Bound, I was there a decade. And the majority of the time I worked with young adults or adults. But for two years, I worked in the Youth at Risk program, which was a transformational experience for me. And it was led by one of my mentors, Butch Greer. And I found that most youth want to have more expected of them, but they want it to be based in authenticity and real need and valuable contribution, not bullshit productivity or conforming to some standard that makes no sense and that stifles the human spirit like sitting for eight hours in a classroom. So when I asked an at-risk youth who normally struggled with basic homework, simple chores at home to get water for the group dinner prep from the nearby creek, they initially resisted, which makes sense as they didn't understand its importance. But after being in the wilderness for a few days, they saw how important bringing water to your people really is. And they would volunteer. Plus, they get to have a little solo creek time, right? But the kid that hated spirit week right? at school. They'd wake up at 3 a.m. and help their fellow expedition members get motivated to get out of their warm sleeping bags, go into the freezing cold night air to begin our climb at first light. They knew it was vital to complete the climb before afternoon thunderstorms descended upon us and upon the mountain, right? So real need, real value, and contribution to community, not some made-up mind game of what we should need or want. So yeah, few people make it past this early adolescence, and those in it are often immersed in an unhealthy version of it. And if that's the case about adolescence, then what about true adulthood? And You know, true adulthood in this model isn't about whether or not someone can raise a family or take on these other like mature responsibilities like a mortgage or a good steady corporate job or even about getting really good at a vocation or craft or starting up community programs and whatnot because you can actually do all those things in a healthy early adolescence except maybe you'd probably defer raising a family if you could. But true adulthood is the stage of life in which, as Bill says, one consciously recognizes and embodies the unique life of one's soul. This is a psychospiritual state that contemporary Western society would consider mystical but would seem quite ordinary in a healthy society. All right, so soul again. Here we go. By soul, in this context, we mean our individual and unique place or niche in the earth community. And again, I want to refer you to that Soul versus Spirit episode. So this isn't about how we fit into our community and social roles and work roles, even if those roles can seem pretty cool, like when I was an international climbing guide, right? It's about our place in the greater web of life. You know, my experience is that when people discover this, there is no job description that could contain it. It's uniquely theirs and theirs to bring to the world. As Martha Graham said, there is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there's only one of you in all time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and will be lost. Because of the nature of this unique offering we have, You know that each of us has, this encounter with soul that reveals our gift to us usually arrives not like some kind of cognitive thought process or realization, but more like images and metaphor. For example, when Bill was 30, he had his first soul encounter and was given the image of a cocoon. And although at the time it was still mysterious to him what it meant when he received it, he recognized that somehow weaving cocoons would in some way be central the task of his life. And later he lived into it. He realized being Cocoon Weaver was someone who creates the space and conditions for people to undergo deep transformation. And, you know, it really makes sense that this is important for true adulthood because the world can't be properly cared for and nurtured if we don't know why the hell we were born and our place in it all, right? So hence we're in the trouble we're in now. And from the perspective of the eco-soul-centric wheel, true adults are people with these three qualities. They experience themselves, first and foremost, as members of the earth community, and secondly, a family in a human city or village or community, right? Or a religion or ethnic group, state or nation. Two, they have had one or more revelatory experiences of their unique soul purpose and place in the earth community. And three, they're embodying that mysterious place as a gift to their people and to the greater web of life. So this does not mean that you have some mission-driven, socially conscious business. Although, yeah, you might deliver your gift in this form. However, we're also able to share our gifts in any place we find ourselves. So in psychological adolescence, we appropriately are forming our identity in reference to our social or interpersonal roles, right? Friend, child, lover, partner, parent, or in terms of our vocation or other community role. So it's totally appropriate in that stage to learn how to fit in, to be helpful to our people, to figure out how we want to have our survival dance, what we can do to earn money, to live in this economy. But once we've accomplished that, in true adulthood, we form our identity in terms of our soul-rooted or ecological roles. So when I was in my year-long intensive with Bill and Sage Magdalene, some examples of these identities that were revealed were like um, the traveler, but the soul traveler between worlds, the one who is the lover of love, the one who midwifes the soul through courageous grief. Um, so a big difference between adolescent and adult identities is that the adolescent ones are usually chosen or given or imposed by others while the adult identity is more like revealed or reclaimed or remembered and we're born into this life with our soul identity even as a midwife I'd whisper to the baby as they the head emerged I'd say follow your soul's path I wanted that to be the first thing they heard so I wish I could do a study like did they <laughs> when I whispered that. So we're born with it, but we aren't conscious of it in childhood or even early adolescence. So discovering or remembering this is the goal of the later stages, like soul initiation and late adolescence. Then we're ready for true adulthood. So there are like nine transitions between these eight stages. And this is where rites of passage can come in, where we mark these transitions you know, from early adolescence to late adolescence to early adulthood and whatnot. It's important to remember, though, that a rite of passage doesn't make the transition. It marks the transition. So doing a rites of passage like a wilderness fast or solo doesn't mean you're an adult, you know, but you would rather mark the completion of that stage or life role and moving into the next and ideally support it. So for example, blessing way can be a rite of passage for someone who is transitioning from, you know, for using archetypes like maiden to mother, but it doesn't make them a great mother. It marks the transition from one role to another and it offers support through community, shared wisdom from those that have gone before. But we still have to actually earn the transition into the next stage, right? A celebration for Turning a specific age does not shift maturity in and of itself, although it might encourage aspiring to that maturity, right? Real rites of passage mark and confirm a transition that's already occurred, but they're not a way to bring about the transitions that haven't been earned, right? So ideally, we're not doing rites of passage based on age, but on demonstration of true soul-centric development you know it's not about what everyone thinks we should be in or what we or others like parents or authority want us to be in even if we're not ready i mean trust me we all want to be in stage 5 and beyond but most of us aren't through no fault of ours you know this soul centric development's actively suppressed so maturations about if we successfully complete the tasks of each stage which is why it's so important to stay fully present with this stage we're in versus wanting to jump to the next one. Being overly eager can actually create big setbacks. So, you know, some of the tasks of uh, early adolescence are, you know, related to creating a secure and authentic social self, right? So, both social and self approval. So things like exploring and learning social authenticity. Uh, Emotional skills, emotional access, regulation, awareness and mindfulness of emotions, Um, the art of conflict resolution with inner and outer conflicts, skills with sex and sexual relationships. I mean, some people never, (laughs) trust me, I know, some people never get there, okay? Sustenance skills, right? I mean, I didn't know much about sustenance skills until I took up climbing way later when I was 18 and got more into the outdoors. Learning about the reciprocity between humans and nature and ecological responsibility and embracing our protector parts. You know, in my opinion, this also means cultivating self compassion to have the capacity to start to soften and start to help our parts of us that are trying to protect us feel safe. And that's not a small list, right? Sometimes one of those items is years of therapy in an unhealthy society. But in reality, this is where the rubber hits the road. You know, what happens during the stages themselves as we try to complete these tasks is way more important than the rites of passage that mark the transition from one stage or role to the next. Now, we can still have some tasks that maybe aren't well addressed and start stepping into the next stage, but we can't fully transition until we've truly accomplished those tasks. It's one of the main reasons I see people get stuck in the Adventure Mastermind, right? They maybe have accomplished all the tasks I just read off except embracing their protector parts and helping them feel safe. Just self-compassion, for example. This. Is then what needs to be addressed to be able to fully step into the next stage of early adulthood. We talked more about the process that leads to true adulthood, but that's only one of several initiations that happen in a lifetime because each stage involves an initiation and a journey. Like gestation is the first journey and birth is the first passage, right? Early childhood, called the innocent in the nest, that's the second initiatory journey. And, uh, you know, naming is the second passage. And middle childhood, the explorer in the garden, that's the third initiatory journey. And psychosocial puberty is the third passage, not physiological puberty, right? Early adolescence, thespian at the oasis is the fourth journey. And the passage is confirmation, confirmation of having achieved a social presence that's both authentic and socially accepted. That's early adolescence, right? Think about that for a minute. Authentic and socially accepted. So lots of us have learned to fit in, but it doesn't feel authentic or some of us feel closer to authentic, but consistently feel like we don't fit in or that we're not accepted. Late adolescence, right? Wanderer in the cocoon. That's the fifth journey which includes the first descent to soul, which we prepare for in the Adventure Mastermind. And soul initiation, the beginning of true adulthood is the fifth passage. And there are four more, um, which make up the second half of this developmental wheel. But I mean, shit, if we're lucky enough to get there, we've got a lot of tools under our belt to navigate those waters of late adulthood and elderhood. So it's not a straight shot right? From childhood to adulthood, like many age-based models are. And ideally in healthy cultures, true elders and adults provide guidance in this path. But this is so hard these days when so many elders are so stuck in adolescence and we, um, like, Elders aren't seen as the source of wisdom and guidance anymore. So to me, it's not just that society devalues people who aren't financially productive, but also that we don't have the causes and conditions to support the development of true elderhood. I mean, I know lots of people love having their kids spend time with their grandparents, but I also know so many people that cringe on days the kids hang out with grandparents and they hear all the things that are being said and are often having to intervene when elders are actually stifling authentic development instead of guiding them towards it. And from the perspective of the eco-soul-centric developmental wheel, life is a sacred pilgrimage, right? Through these eight stages. So the first half, you know, culminates with discovering our soul purpose, our unique gifts, our specific niche for fitting into the greater web of life, the meaning of our existence, the gift that we carry to bring to our people and the earth. Like how many, how many people do you know and know those things and have embodied those things? Then the second half of this life is when we embody this, that soul purpose which is simultaneously terrifying because it's dangerous to the ego and to unhealthy society. And it's joyful. You know, by embodiment, I mean we live into the gift fully and we can offer it no matter the context or location. It's not necessarily about work or business or vocation because it's fully stepping into who we are and not having to have such a disconnect between our authentic self and how we move through each day throughout the whole day. And when we reach this stage of true adulthood, we become agents of change in these challenging times. You know, like I said last week, even if we can't save the world in so many ways, we can be our authentic selves, bring our gifts in each interaction we have, which has rippling effects across the globe. Now, whether people go on to soul-centric development or not, you know, this used to be the norm in healthy cultures because there was knowledge that The healthy culture needs its people to evolve in this way, to stay vibrant and to thrive. So Bill's work centers around not just surviving, you know, which used to be normative and is now a privilege of exploring optimal human development, but it's the kind that doesn't just change lives, but transforms entire cultures. You know, it's what has kept human beings evolving the way they have been over millennia But now we're uniquely poised to be causing our own demise. And this theory says a big part of where we got led astray is when we dropped valuing and supporting the key developmental tasks of these eco-soul-centric stages and then subsequently losing guides and mentors that could help us on that. So in a nutshell, life, according to the eco-soul-centric model, is the sacred pilgrimage. All right. The first half, what is your unique contribution? The second half, living and breathing it, especially during these times when the culture needs a wake-up call, a shake-up, an injection of vitality and a new way of being. So important right now, right? And when every child, every person progresses through the eco-soul-centric stages, we can have the foundation for cultural transformation. Right ones that are profound, generative, life-enhancing, instead of just contributing by productivity, money, power, defense systems, right? So I want to close with this poem, an excerpt of the poem, All the True Vows by David White. He says, remember in this place, no one can hear you. And out of the silence, you make a promise It will kill you to break. That way you'll find what is real and what is not. I know what I'm saying. Time almost forsook me. And I looked again. Seeing my reflection, I broke a promise and spoke for the first time after all these years in my own voice before it was too late to turn my face again. So stay tuned for next week when I dive into soul initiation. You know, what is it? What's the process? Why even bother? And what becomes possible as a result? See you next week. All right, my friends. So if you're up for a journey that involves soul searching, mind expanding wisdom at a level most people don't even explore, and taking on the honorable role of a true adult in your community and eventually even as a respected elder, which we really need more of, right? Because remember, we have to complete the other stages first check out the Adventure Mastermind. We start with a virtual retreat later this month, and our first in-person retreat is on the Big Island of Hawaii in February. So head over and apply at AdventureMastermind.com. We have some scholarships for BIPOC, LGBTQIA, GNC, Two-Spirit, all of that. I want to see those applications come in for those partial scholarships, okay? We only have three spots left. Ciao. If you like what you heard, spread the love and share it. And if you want to learn more about how to free your mind and free your life, check out rebelbuddhist.com and grab my free Rebel Buddhist training kit where you'll receive a video training on cultivating resilience, a copy of the gorgeous Rebel Buddhist Manifesto and more. That's rebelbuddhist.com.